You're listening to episode 20 of Unfinished Business, the weekly discussion show about the business end of web design and creative industries. And today is May 24th, 2013. The show is hosted by me, Andy Clark, and by my co-host, like Brighton, she's peerless, Anna Debenham. What? <laughs> Brighton's not peerless. Hang on a minute. Are there peers in Brighton? They still have peers? Yeah, there's two. One, there were one and a half. Oh, well, that joke went well then, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk about peers you in a minute. do your research. <laughs> oh, damn, I could have sworn that Brighton didn't have any peers. Oh, that's Morecambe. Morecambe hasn't got any peers anymore. You ever been to Morecambe? No. You ever been to Blackpool? No. Okay, so we're going to have to go up the Blackpool Tower at some point. You're not afraid of heights, are you? Mm, depends. <laughs> Blackpool Tower. Next, yeah, okay. We'll talk about we'll talk about the illuminations in a minute. In fact, I'll buy you a bus ticket so that you can ride on an open top bus and see the Blackpool illuminations. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not that exciting. This show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors this week. Perch the little content management system for projects where you don't want a big, complex CMS, and Sketch from Bohemian Coding, the easy-to-use vector drawing application for professional graphic and web designers. We'll tell you more about them later in the show. And all the links we mentioned in this episode are in our show notes, and you'll find those at unfinished.bz slash 20. Hey, welcome back, Hello. stranger. <laughs> So, Brighton doesn't have any peers. No. no Brighton does no, have peers. No, it does have peers. Oh, God. It's What's on the pier, though, now? Uh, really naff kind of uh, arcade stuff. See, I like that. <laughs> like slot machines. Oh, tell you yeah. what I, I do like. I like air hockey. Yeah, it's got that. I love air hockey. Can we when play air come, hockey? When are you coming to Brighton? Um, I don't know. I haven't got any plans at the moment. We should come down because, yeah. Air hockey. <laughs> air hockey. Yeah, I like air hockey. That's good. And um, what are those sort of grabby machines where you can get a really bad bear, something Pokemon? Ah, uh, grabby machine. Oh, the yeah, yeah, the the ones that are always broken. Yep, you don't realise like until after you put your money in. Yeah, it's got lots of those, and those are like one p coin machines. Yep. Where you put pennies in and you get. You get pennies come out. See, we yeah. used to have oh, the what the ones where you put the pennies in and then they go down into the thing and then there's like one well, those they just keep moving like waves. Yeah, and the yeah. aim is to like it's to knock them off. Oh, I like those. I used to like those when I was a kid because we had two piers in Morecambe when I was a little kid, and they're both burnt down now. But I used to go on the piers and, and play with those machines. My nanny used to take me on. Oh, that was good. <laughs> I found out there's no illuminations in Morecambe anymore. What are illuminations? You know, like hanging decorations. You know, you've, you know about Blackpool illumination, surely. Mm. Like, you know, when they're all lit up at night and... Lights? Yeah, like lights. But, you know, they're all in fancy shapes and... Oh, goodness me. It's a big thing up north, you know, turning on the Blackpool illuminations. You get, like, minor league soap stars and over-the-hill comedians to turn on the lights. I think Kylie did Christmas it Christmas lights? No, illuminations. Like, before, I can't remember when they start now. I'll send you a link. They turn them on once a year? Yeah, once a year for like a season. That's Christmas lights. Yeah, but they're not the Christmas lights. They're just Blackpool illuminations. It's a different thing. 
Why do they only turn them on once a year? Because then it makes it a thing rather than, and it makes it an occasion. When do they turn them off? I, well, a few weeks later. I don't know. It's been (laughs) years. It's been years (laughs) since I've been to Blackpool. In fact, Alex and I used to go, not for the illuminations, we used to go like once a year. We'd have like a boys' day out and go on the really dangerous looking roller coasters and stuff. We used to have a good time. He was always a chicken. It was uh, it was his birthday this week, wasn't it? It was. Oh, dear, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It actually meant more than I thought it was going to. Because, Aww. you know, he's had birthdays before. Um, anyway, he's had his 18th. <laughs> he's and... had birthdays before. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> 20 well, times. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, birthdays come and birthdays go and birthdays are kind of like, oh, birthdays and, you know, presents. Um, and... Your birth, your own birthday usually means more than somebody else's birthday. It certainly does to me. Um, and you know, when he was 18, that was an occasion, but I didn't feel anything much. You know, it was nice that it was Alex's birthday, but you know, I didn't, I wasn't really affected by this one. Um, I actually got quite emotional about it because it, it kind of, it was like a sending off in a way. It was like a it was like a big milestone, um, and you know we went out in the evening and we went to this pub and he's with all his friends and you know you could see him there in his environment, uh, you know, and he's all grown up now obviously, and it it really felt like it was like the end of something and then the beginning of something else. It was like a real send off, oh. um, and then for us as well, it's, it's funny because you know a lot of our friends have have got kids and a lot of our friends have got young kids. So it's, it's very different for us. Um, and you know, it, it, it feels like a, it felt like a big milestone. It felt like a big achievement almost for, for him to get to 21 in a way. <laughs> um, you know, because, you know, despite all of our ups and downs, cause you know, everybody has ups and downs over the years. Um, despite, you know, everything that's happened, here we are, you know, we're still here. Mm. Um, and you know, Alex is now off doing, his thing and he's the thing that I'm most proud of. You know, if, oh. if I've done everything, anything on this earth. Well, um, even more than this show. Even more than this show, I'm sorry <laughs> to say. But you know, it's, it's, children are, are like projects and you get out of them very much what you put into it. And I'm most proud of, you know, of that. I always set out that I wanted to be a good dad. Um, and I don't think I've been the best one, but you know, you get to a point now and it's like, wow, you know, I did that. You know, there he is. He's 21. He's not, you know, criminally insane. Or, <laughs> you know, Result. or something. You know, he's, he's, he's managed to, he's managed to survive being brought up by us. Um, and you know, we're really, really proud of him. So it was, it was actually a really emotional kind of couple of days. I've, I've, it affected me more than, than, than I thought it would do. Oh, he's all grown up. He is. He's all grown up, the boy. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that was fun. Um, we went down there for a couple of days and, uh, went to see Star Trek again. Yeah. It was just as good the second time. I want to watch that. Okay. Well, did you, if you listened to the show last week with Laura, you got all the spoilers. Well, she was saying about all of the lens glare. And I remember there being a lot of lens glare in the first film. So I'd be quite <laughs> surprised if there was more because, yeah. 
Well, I watched it again this week and I noticed it more the second time because she pointed it out. Yeah. So I think if you just let it wash over you, it doesn't. So she spoiled it. <laughs> no, it's still a great film. So go and see it. It really is a good film. I like so, the lens glare. It's okay to a point, but when it starts to shine in your face, I think it gets a little bit much. <laughs> uh, but, you know, overall, it was such a good film anyway. I enjoyed it just as much the second time as I did the first time. So you've been away. Where were you last week? I was in Amsterdam. Ooh, cool. What were you doing there? Um, I was doing a talk at Mobilism about console browsers. Ah, so what was the, con- what was the conference like? It was really good. It was sort of held in this big kind of, um, I don't know, I think it was a cinema. Like, yeah, a big mm. cinema with um, really kind of ornate and um, really, really beautiful cinema. Lots of uh, lots of sort of tiers of seating. So there was like a, a balcony and then above that there was another balcony. Uh, I've been and- there a couple of times because they did the Frontiers conference there. Oh, yeah. A few years ago. Um, so I've actually been to that venue. It's really, really nice. Yeah, it was quite, quite scary. Sort of walking in there and like, wow. <laughs> like being on stage at the Grand Old Opry or something. It really yeah. is a lovely venue. I made the mistake of not eating before my talk. Um, and it was a 50 minute talk. And 40 minutes in, I thought I was going to faint. I was okay, having to sip water and sort of calm myself down but yeah i think it went all right and they look after you there i remember ppk who i think oh, organized yeah. that show um they re- did you was the speaker's dinner on a boat not this time it was a kind of it was a buffet but that was yeah that was just perfect for me because buffet is my favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the last time i was there they did a a speaker's dinner and it wasn't just speakers it was lots of other people as well uh, on this boat around the canal so, yeah, that was really, really nice. I haven't been to Amsterdam for ages. They've got cats everywhere. It was brilliant. I mean, they've they got a lot like of bikes cats. as well. Yeah, yeah, I love cats. So, so they were, yeah, everywhere you go, there's a cat. Like, there's a, there was a hotel cat, a restaurant cat, pub cat. They just have these cats. Yeah, no, no one else seemed to be that excited about them, but I was. Did you see the exchange on Twitter an hour or so ago? Rachel Andrew posted a photo of Drew and his cat. All right. (laughs) She's never done that before. (laughs) No, and then Al Power. Hi, Al, if you're listening. um, Photoshopped some earphones and glasses onto the cat to make it look exactly like Drew. (laughs) And actually, it's a lot funnier. I'll put a link in the show notes of the tweets. It's a hell of a lot funnier than I just described because I can't do comedy, obviously, because nobody ever laughs. But this is a really funny photo. Oh, brilliant! I did, um, <clears throat> I did learn a bit of Dutch as well. Um, did... Unfortunately, um, at the venue, um, the there was uh, yeah these toilets. I was like, oh, I guess this is the ladies. Um, walked in. Uh, it said Heren on the door. There was no uh-uh. kind of symbol or anything. Um, I walk in. I'm like, wow, these these Dutch sinks are weird. <laughs> and after a few moments i i realized and very very embarrassed yeah <laughs> so yeah now i know the dutch for a uh, gentleman it's yeah head and what's the other one is it damen 
I don't know. Sounds a bit like the German. But they should have put symbols on the door. <laughs> God, I can just imagine your face. <laughs> but otherwise, it was a good trip. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, It's a lovely city, Amsterdam. I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Just... Did you do any sightseeing as well? We did a little bit. Um, we walked around, kind of just, yeah, did a lot of walking. Um, we went to the best frites place. Jeremy took me there. Uh, and it really was the best frites I've ever had. Um, I had some special ketchup, which was great. Um, yeah, it was really, really nice. Did you go to Anne Frank's house? No, we didn't really go in anywhere because um, I only had sort of half a day to look around. But we went to a lot of um, pubs. We went to a place called Beer Temple. That was great. Had lots of cheese. Cool. No, it's a lovely place. I need to go back to Amsterdam at some point. Yeah. So we should talk about our first sponsor. Yeah, I was just going to say. Um, so our first sponsor this week is Perch. Um, we've talked about Perch before and we love Perch. We love it. We use it for um, the Unfinished Business site. Um, it's great for projects where you don't want the kind of hassle or expense of setting up a big, complex CMS. Um, it really helps you turn around small projects really quickly and make them more profitable. So Perch is made with PHP and MySQL, and it's self-hosted, so you can still install it on your own server. Unlike hosted CMS solutions, there's no worry about uptime issues. And the very best part of Perch is it's been designed by front-end developers for designers and front-end developers. And there's no built-in markup to battle with, as you use your own HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And Perch gets out of the way and lets you build great websites. Perch is a one-off license cost of £50 per website, and that's it. It's just a one-off payment, and all of the first-party add-ons are free. So give Perch a try. Um, go to grabaperch.com forward slash unfinished so that they know we sent you. Um, and just to give you an example of um site I've built with, with Perch, uh, my own website, maven.co.uk, because um, you kind of set fields and you can put the different content in. So I've created a blog and for each post, I have a different background color. And so that background color is just a field and I put a hex code in it and that just changes the background color. It's just so nice because it's so flexible. I just really love using it. And I get really upset if I work on a project where I'm not allowed to use it. Um, cause they're like, oh, we use Drupal or something. And yeah. We're going to start a project. I'm... We're going to start a project. Well, the design is next week and then the development starts the week after. And uh, we're going to use Perch for that. And I hate as, not using it because every time I just think about how much better it would be if I could use Perch. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And the, the client wanted something else. I can't remember what they mentioned now. Um, I think they talked about Joomla or something horrible um, in their kind of request for proposal. But it was no difficulty at all in getting them to switch to Perch. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they looked at how simple it was and we showed them some examples and they're like, yeah, that's, that's cool. We want to use that. It's, it is so fast to just quickly build a website with Perch. I mean, I've, I, I used to use WordPress and now I just won't touch it. Um, cause Perch just does pretty much everything that I need it to. And it doesn't do all that horrible code bloat. No. That the no. WordPress tends to. <laughs> we love Perch. So you're talking about client stuff a lot we've been talking about client stuff a lot and it was funny i'm about to i've just just signed a contract to start a new gig it's not going to be actually starting for 
about three or four weeks because I'm working on this WIPO thing in the meantime. Right. Which is going, you know, it's, it's going really well. So I've just signed, I've signed the contract and I've signed, you know, NDAs and other stuff uh, about this project that's going to start. And it got me thinking about, you know, there's a real contrast there between this, this project that I'm going to start in a few weeks, which I can't say anything about. <laughs> I mean, it's not because, you know, it's not kind of something to do with, you know, nuclear weapons or government or anything like that. You know, it's a, an organization like any other, but I'm just not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. So there's a real kind of difference between that and the job that I'm doing at WIPO where, you know, I can say what I like, really. <laughs> um, and it got me thinking really about secrecy mm. and what you can say and what you should say. Um, and when and how about client projects? Because, you know, this show is all about our businesses, but it's the client's business at the end of the day as well yeah. that we're working with. Um, and I just thought that'd be an interesting topic to talk about because I haven't really heard anybody discussing that before. Yeah, and I guess you've got quite a lot to say about it. You've worked with um, a lot of kind of big companies and um, I know there's a few that you've you've not been allowed to talk about, and didn't you even come up with a kind of a contract for it? Mm, yeah, I came up with our own NDA, which I want to talk about later on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've done projects where, for obvious reasons, we're not allowed to disclose anything until the site goes live. What might those obvious reasons be? Well, if you think about the obvious example, would be the Hillsborough project, uh-huh. where we weren't, although I actually didn't know anything that was going to be in the panel's report, you know, my design was all, um, you know, it, it was, it was completely devoid of content. I used content from Wikipedia to design with. Yeah. Um, obviously that there, there was a very sense, there was a lot of sensitivity around that subject. And it wasn't the kind of project where we wanted to, or we were able to have any kind of conversation about what was going on before the report was published. Yeah. I mean, obviously with something like Hillsborough, the website wasn't the important thing. You know, the, the report was what was important, but, and we, we, we didn't want to do anything which would kind of almost detract from that. You know, yeah. even, even my blog posts about the project when it went live, you know, they didn't talk about, you know, any of the kind of the, you know, the design decisions or the technical decisions or anything like that, because that really wasn't important. You know, the stuff yeah. that was in the report, the content of the report was what mattered. And it might have felt a bit insensitive as well. Well, you know, yeah, because it, it would have been kind of t- trying to, I don't know, make it about me, mm-hmm. make it about the website rather than making it about the important things that came out in the report. So obviously with something like that, I mean, the client was the home office. So we weren't able to talk about that um, at all. And, you know, for obvious reasons. And I suppose what else have we done that's been sort of fairly secretive? Um, we designed a, a, an application, a web app. Jeremy's going to hate me for saying web app, isn't he? <laughs> Oh dear. We designed a website <laughs> Web bang. that we designed a, designed a website that does things um as opposed to a website that you just read stuff on. I think that's is that isn't that the distinction between what's a uh, website and what's an app? I think 
Oh, I don't I'm scared know. to say anything. Ar- Arrow, <laughs> Arrow will just just jump on it if we do the, if we say the wrong thing. Um, and, and Jeremy yeah. will will jump on us if he's. <laughs> okay, just going to stay clear of the whole topic. But yeah, that's that's a project which uh, you know they're still seeking funding for. There's still a lot of business reasons. Uh, we were designing something which was almost like a proof of concept. So that's the kind of thing where we're not, you know, we're not going to be talking about that because obviously it's, it's not a live project. Were you allowed to say who you're working for? With that one? No, no, uh, because it's a startup um, and rather than a, an established company. But it is interesting because even if you are working for, you know, an existing client or an existing business, you know, how much you, how much can you give away? How much is it going to yeah. give away that they're working on something new and interesting? I mean, everything's so transparent these days, isn't it? I mean, anybody can see my tweets, and anybody, you know, if 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 I had if a client, for example, had a competitor that might be following me, and they're seeing I'm talking about this or that or linking to you know bits and pieces, that could potentially give them a some kind of competitive advantage, I suppose. Yeah. It's difficult because you want to talk about it because it's interesting, but you also want to respect the client's decision to to keep it to keep it private. I think, having you know thought about this a little bit more this week, I think that I would certainly like to ask clients that things can be transparent by default. Yeah, I've actually got that in my contract. Um, so I've, my contract is kind of um, a, a version of your one. Um, and I put in a clause in there just saying, um, I'm, you know, I'm assuming that you, you're okay with me tweeting about the project um, or talking about it. Um, I wouldn't disclose any, any kind of company secrets or anything, but I'd talk about I might write a blog post about it after it's launched, or I might put it in my portfolio. Um, if you don't want that, then please make a note. And I always check through with that um, with them before I start on a project, just to make sure that they're happy for me to do that. And you know, some clients really like that. Some clients really like that you're talking about the project. And um, but there are other clients who really don't want that. But it's really important to just make that clear at the, at the very start because you wouldn't want to get into a situation where you're you're talking about it and then for them to get upset. I mean, there's a, there's a difference between you know, blogging about what you're doing and maybe sharing things that you've learned because that's you know that's what I've done a lot of in the past. You know, I'll be halfway through a project, I'll have a problem, a CSS problem or design problem, I'll overcome yeah. it, and I think that's a great article that's yeah it's a really good idea for a blog post yeah. and you know and i've and i've written about it without often without mentioning the client that, that it's for um and i've done that for years yeah or you'll take a picture or something of uh, some wireframes or you know and it it's kind of whenever i do that i try and make sure that that anything that mentions the client or could be their back to the client is is not visible mm. um and they're usually okay with that but there's some a difference. There's yeah. a difference between you know saying well, I'm going to write a blog post about this piece of work, um, and doing what I guess most of us do, which is just to tweet about stuff. You know, tweet about where we're going. You know, tweet about oh, you know, getting on the train to London. 
Um, yeah. you know, can that, can that give it away? You know, is, yeah. is, are we allowed to do that? I mean, I was, uh, actually really pleased that I was, I was down in London on Monday working with a new client and, you know, he tweeted, had a really good day with Andy Clark, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and that was really nice, but I hadn't tweeted where I was going. I hadn't said, you know, blah, 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 you know, off, off to London for a, a day's designing with, um, you know, would I be allowed to do that? I mean, it's funny. I was in, um, I was at WIPO a couple of weeks ago and, uh, the guys from IA, Information Architects. Yeah. Uh, they are working with, uh, with WIPO on doing a lot of the, uh, the IA stuff, obviously. Um, and one of the things that we did halfway through the day was we just decided to make paper airplanes because <laughs> Constantine, uh, from IA said that he had this template. It was a Russian template, apparently, for the most perfect paper aeroplane. Wow. I know. So I wasn't going to let that challenge pass. <laughs> so we're all making paper aeroplanes, and we all go up to the top floor on WIPO. It's got this great big kind of open area, launching these paper aeroplanes off the top of the building. Um, and, you know, the client's there, and they're really laughing. But, you know, they're tweeting about, you know, in IA tweeting about you know, launching paper aeroplanes off the <laughs> off the roof at WIPO. Now, you know, is that okay? Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting that, you know, we need to be a lot more careful maybe about what we say because, you know, what we do and who they hire affects their reputation as much as it affects ours. Yeah. So I'm doing some work um, at the government digital office and they've got, uh, you know, stuff on the walls. Sort of wireframes and things and often there's a post-it note saying do not tweet um so they actually put on on everything whether or not you can tweet it because i guess they got a lot of people there using twitter and very kind of eager to t- tweet about what they're working on but at the same time they've got to balance that with um sort of privacy and it's not so much that they're worried about people stealing their ideas but it's more um i guess it's more of a sort of confidential information and just that in general. I think we're going to have to have a policy. I think, I think our policy is now um, not to tweet about anything unless we've, unless we've spoken to the client about it. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, that's the best. Um, because I am conscious that, you know, you can say the wrong thing. Um, and yeah, you, you don't know, you know, and, and whose benefit is it anyway to say, you know, well, I'm off to London this week, you know, who's actually yeah. going to get anything out of that except, you know, maybe me. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of my, my plan really now is to kind of keep stum about stuff unless, unless we're allowed to talk about it. Um, and yet in the past, and I've not been the only one to do this, but in the past I've done kind of completely open design projects. Mm. You know, where we're able to, you know, literally write blog articles all the way through the process, you know, showing off when things go right and showing off when things go wrong and sharing research and things like that. I've done that a couple of times. I did that with New Internationalist magazine yeah, a couple of years ago, and I did it with a couple of other clients. And they get a lot out of that, actually. You know, they got a lot of really good feedback and even testing um, long before the thing went live. So they yeah. got a lot of out of that and they got a lot of PR out of it as well. Um, you know, I featured one client's work in, you know, in the, in a book. Um, and they got a lot out of that. So I think everybody's got a lot to gain from 
being open about what we do. Yeah. Uh, I know but that, often it's only after the project that you can do that. Yeah, but I really liked doing these kind of open design process blog posts. Um, yeah. And it's one of the things that I'm trying to get WIPO to do um, because they, in the, in the marketing communications team there, they seem to have no issue with, you know, being transparent and sharing things. Uh, one thing that I really want to do is I want to share uh, I want to open source our patent library. Right. Yeah. In the same way that Starbucks have done and, you know, and others have done. Yeah. Because I think that'd be a really, really nice resource. Uh, I do actually have to take, <laughs> I have to go out for lunch apparently with one of the IT people because, um, they're concerned that, that giving away the HTML and the CSS might be a security risk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what IT folks are like. But I'd really love to to do this job as more of an open process. I mean, we've got six more weeks left um, and it would be lovely to write more about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, they're okay with that because we've already talked about what we can share and, you know, um, what we can say and what we can't. Yeah. It's so important just to have a frank conversation about what you can talk about and what you can't. Or even just if you do write a blog post, just clearing it with with uh, sort of PR or um, just to make sure that you're not saying anything that will upset anyone. Well, I um, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, I took a photograph of this personas document that WIPO have produced. I mean, it's beautiful. Mm. And they, uh, they worked with Tamara Adlin to come up with all of the personas for the WIPO redesign. And they didn't just stop there. They put these personas into a book and they had it printed and they gave it out to all the staff. Nice. So everybody in the organization knows who the website is speaking to. Now, I took a photograph of that and, you know, put a nice complimentary tweet up there saying how great it was to be working with people that could do that. Um, but then I thought afterwards, blimey, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> You know, have, have I just given something away or breached somebody's copyright or something like that? I don't know. Did you hear um, Jeffrey Zoldman talk about when he was going to work with Apple? Yes, I did hear that. That's terrifying. Yeah, I did hear that. He told me that story a long time ago. So what was it? He was um, approached by Apple to work on their site and he blogged about it. Well, um, he'll tell the story better than I can. But he, yeah, they they were hired. They, yeah. they were deposit paid. They were hired by Apple to do some work. Um, and they, yeah, this was before Twitter. They blogged about it or they announced it in some way. And I think Steve himself, uh, pulled the plug and, yeah. and they were fired before that even started. Um, but you know, I think Apple are an extreme. Yeah. Aren't they? They are very much but even in just, the past a black hole. Even just mentioning who you're working for. And that's something that I've been very conscious of. You know, can I put, like a a company's logo on my site to say that I've worked for them, um, that sort of thing. I was and and when I'm doing a talk, I like to clear with uh, with the client, make sure that they're okay with me talking about it in public. And even I, if it's after, even if it's after the site's been made, you don't want to, you just don't want to upset them. No, and I think actually it's really nice to to talk to people about that because they'll probably be really flattered that you'd love the job so much that you want to talk about it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said to a client today, we're just finishing off a really lovely project for a lady. Uh, it's a complete new branding exercise. Um, very little to do with web. It's mostly branding stuff. And I'm so pleased with this work that I said to, the, to her today, you know, I want to make this the, you know, the lead portfolio piece on the website. And she's like, Oh, would you do that? That's really nice. And you know, I want to feel really proud of it. And, I, and they obviously would think that it's nice to, you know, that we're, we're proud of it. So, I mean, the, the question is, I think, you know, what can you say and what can't you say? Um, which of course leads us on to things like NDAs. Yeah. Uh, which I want to talk about in a minute. Who should sign one? And I don't know about you, but we, we ask everybody in the company, like the, the one employee that we have, um, to sign an, an NDA, obviously. And then, you know, she's covered by, um, you know, all of the, the company NDAs that we sign. Yeah. And I also ask all of our contractors to sign a simple NDA as well. So we'll talk about that in a minute. We should talk about our second sponsor. Yeah. Who's it? It's Sketch. So, you know, you know what I think about this. One of the things I love about this show is that when we talk about our sponsors, we're usually talking about software that's from people who really, really care what they make. Uh, I mean, that's true about the guys uh, at Riot who make Hammer. It's true about Free Agent, uh, Perch from Edge of My Seat. Uh, just lovely people who make lovely software. And that's true about our next sponsor as well. It's Sketch from the fellows at Bohemian Coding. So Sketch is an easy-to-use vector application for professional graphic and web designers who want the sharpest results. So being vectors, you can scale your artwork up to any size and everything in Sketch looks sharp. Your vectors are sharp and your text looks crisp and beautiful. Sketch has got a range of tools for web and UI designers, icon designers and illustrators. It's got transforms like rotate and perspective and scissors, one, two, three or more border strokes and shadows on an element. If you design icons, you're going to love Sketch's pixel zoom and grid. And if you're a web designer like me, I think you'll love how Sketch makes it easy to export CSS attributes. You'll especially like how easy it is to create and export gradients in CSS. Man, those things are a pain. <laughs> Sketch also has slices and multiple pages. That's one of my favorite features. Sketch doesn't just enable you to create beautiful results. It's a beautiful application in itself. It looks amazing, truly amazing on a Retina Mac. You know, John Hicks said, Sketch is what all those Mac users clamoring for an alternative graphics editor have been waiting for. Who's going to argue with John? Not me. But it's not just the app. There's a growing community around Sketch, including people who contribute, contribute tutorials and sample files. There are icons and sliders and buttons, website templates, mobile app templates to download and use on your next project. We'll put links to those in the show notes. Sketch is available on the Mac App Store for just $44.99. That's £34.99. And there's a free trial available from bohemiancoding.com slash sketch. And of course, every graphic you see on their site was made using Sketch too. So that's Sketch. I've been having a little play with Sketch. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to see what I made? Send me a link, go on. Okay. Uh, 
just dropping it in Skype. It's a new logo for our site. Now remember, remember, I'm a developer, so. Um, Hang on, accept slice1.png. Okay, so this is going to take a minute to come down because our internet connection is terrible. <laughs> Eight minutes. <laughs> oh. No, it's going down quick. Cool. So I saw this tweet from John Hicks today. Um, was it yesterday? About how he had exported a, an SVG file from mm -hmm. Sketch and it came out like a fraction of the size of the original Illustrator file. Yeah. I've, um, I noticed as well, it, it's, um, it lets you export two times. Yep. I was, I wasn't sure because, um, you know, I love fireworks. Well, you um, know, it's really, really hard to talk about sketch and not mention fireworks. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just can't use fireworks anymore because the, the color picker just doesn't work. Um, just doesn't work on Retina Max. Um, so I was, you know, a bit apprehensive about trying out sketch. I was a bit worried it was going to be like a, a kind of Playmobil version of fireworks. But, um, no, it's really, really good. They've got a free trial. You can just have a play with it. Um, so yeah, give that a go. Um, it's, yeah, I haven't found anything yet that, that fireworks does that sketch can't do. Um, it's got quite a nice, like, I was playing with the grids as well. It lets you make, like, if you, if you make a shape, you can then make lots and lots of that shape. Yep. Uh, it's quite fun. It's good. We got an email actually to the show from Luis Martins. Uh, and he mm -hmm. said, I've tried Sketch app and I couldn't be happier. It's, it's fast. It improves many little workflows on daily routines and it's constantly moving forward. Now opening fireworks to deal with old projects feels like a big step back, he said. So. <laughs> <laughs> right we have to use that i want you now, you've, got, you've got ftp access to the website you can just change uh, our graphic now yeah so i <laughs> i only got about five minutes to play with this um before the show but yeah <laughs> I, I really i really enjoyed using it i'm definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna just try going cold turkey on fireworks and to see how I get on with Sketch. <laughs> and you say you're not a designer. <laughs> this is ace. <laughs> this is ace. Yeah, no, it's great. Did you see John Hicks's blog post about Creative Cloud this week? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's I, I saw his. I saw he he did like a review of all the different software. That was that was a couple of years ago, though. I think sort of alternatives to fireworks, and he was he really liked. Yeah, Sketch. no, this was. Yeah, this was this week. Yeah, and he was talking about um, Creative Cloud and about renting your software. It's well worth a read. We'll put a link in the show notes. Really well worth a read. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to moan about Adobe though. You know, I don't want it to be about you know Adobe haven't done this and Adobe haven't done that because actually, you know, I've got friends that work there and they've always been very kind to me. Um, and I think you know, from what I read, that. You know, things are changing inside in, inside Adobe. They've obviously got their direction and, and, and they're, they're going that way. Um, I'm just going to have to be less, you know, less sore about fireworks, I suppose. Yeah. But how can I, how can I be sore about fireworks when I, when I've got this fantastic logo to look, look at? Ace. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I'm worried it's going to put people off using it. <laughs> Maybe you no. should do one. 
No, 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 no. We're not. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so now we talk about NDAs, I think. Because, mm-hmm. um, as I say, it got me thinking this week about secrecy and about how we deal and how we tackle things that we are allowed to say and what we can't say and how we can make it clear to people how we want them to handle our information. And I got asked to sign an NDA uh, this week, which was one that the client asked me to sign. And, you know, obviously I can't, I can't mention who the client is and I can't talk about what the project is. Um, but I will post a copy of this NDA online minus all the names and you know all the other stuff. Cause I think people will find it interesting because it was three complete pages of your kind of typical legalese. Mm. Was this before you started working with like before they would tell you about what the project was or this was before that, that anything often happens. Yeah, no, this was before anything. And sometimes, um, sometimes I would probably look at that as a red flag and I wouldn't want to go any further as it happens with this particular organization. I do know who they are and I do know the people that are involved. So I was more than happy to do it, but this, the NDA, um, I'll read you out a snippet here. Um, cause this is the typical kind of stuff that, that you see. It says here, confidential information shall mean and include all information, whether oral or otherwise and material whether electronically recorded, in writing or otherwise, relating directly or indirectly to the business affairs of the disclosing party or any associated company of that party, all software, samples, services, demonstrations, know-how, trade secrets and other materials of whatever description, whether subject to or protected by copyright, patent, trademark, registered or unregistered or otherwise disclosed before, on or after the date of this agreement by one party to the other. (laughs) My brain just kind of... (laughs) Okay. Start hearing noise. Okay, right. So then we get the next bit. Neither party shall, without the prior written consent of the disclosing party, copy, reproduce, adapt, divulge, disclose, publish, confirm, deny, or circulate, or authorize or permit <laughs> anyone else to do any of the same in respect of any of the confidential information disclosed or communicated to it by the other party unless permitted by clause three above and otherwise required to do so by law or by the order of a ruling of a court or tribunal, judicial or regulatory body, or recognized stock exchange of competent jurisdiction in which case if the disclosing party is required to disclose such information it will unless prohibited from doing so notify the other party promptly in writing of that fact and in any other event prior to making such disclosure that's just one sentence what the is that about (laughs) it's basically saying please don't talk about this to anyone else if you do then we'll be very sad I just love how they cover all the bases. It's like every every type of disclosure. I mean, maybe, I'll tell you what, I've never thought about this. Maybe I'm in breach of the NDA by reading you <laughs> what's in the NDA. Maybe, I don't know. Does it might say that somewhere. I just signed it. But yeah, I'd sign one that was saying, like, you shall not um, disclose this to anyone in the universe. Well, at least least that doesn't leave any kind of holes. But, you know, that's what we have to deal with. I mean, I could have been tripped up, you know, half a dozen times in this NDA. There's three pages of that kind of stuff. Mm. And they cover every single base. And 
I still think that it doesn't get to a lot of the issues that we were talking about before. I mean, yeah, presumably, you know, divulging information by any means means that you shouldn't tweet about something, but it doesn't actually say that. Yeah. It doesn't say, you know, how close you can get to tweeting it. You know, can I check in from Foursquare when I'm outside their building? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, but this is the kind of Frankenstein legal contract or document that you just get to sign a lot of the time. And, you know, it, I'm sure that it just gets more and more kind of Franken-written the more time it's used. You know, somebody will copy a bit. If that's... And then they'll add in their own claws and then it'll just keep, you know, gathering moss with all of this kind if of that's crap. Just, if that's just the NDA, I wonder what the contract looks like. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I've seen the contract yet. Um, but anyway, it got me thinking because this is the reason why... Uh, I decided that I wanted to do my own NDA mm. because I don't want to be asking clients to sign this kind of thing. And I certainly don't want to be asking my contractors to sign anything like this. It's just crazy. So I came up with my uh, Three Wise Monkeys NDA a little while ago, which is see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> is that in the right order? Um, um and, you know, I just wanted to do an NDA that was really plain speaking and easy to read, easily understandable. So, you know, you don't have to get it checked by a lawyer. Yeah. You know, you can just read it and understand it and it kind of covers all the bases. So uh, that's why I wrote this Three Wise Monkeys NDA. Um, and I put it up online. It's, it's on GitHub and uh, it's on Docracy, mm -hmm. kind of document sharing thing. And I just think it's really interesting to you know, talk about what went into it and what I think are the most important issues when it comes to secrecy and also yeah. about how we, how it affects how we do business as well. Um, so what I wanted to do in the NDA was I wanted to talk about, you know, what the hell is the confidential information that we're talking about? Mm. Because, you know, I'm sure it covers it in that NDA that I mentioned earlier on, but you know, does it cover everything? And yeah, you know, and what the hell is, you know, demonstrations or trade secrets? Yeah. You know, what is that kind of stuff? So I, I thought about it. I thought, well, in my situation, um, with the people that we deal with, whether it's the clients or the contractors that we have, what is it that I want to keep secret? Um, you know, what, what am I wanting to protect? Um, and then how do we kind of explain that simply? So I basically said in this contract, you know, what's, what's confidential information? It's anything that we write or say to each other in a phone call, chat window, email, or by any other method, including smoke signals and telepathy. Right? <laughs> so it's a bit Covering like your kind bases. of everything in you in the universe but, you in know, the world you, the universe but you <laughs> know not every not every document has to be you know you can throw jokes in there <laughs> if, if that's part of the personality of your company um because yeah i know it doesn't matter how you say it it doesn't matter where you share it um it's secret and you know we want to keep things you know we want to keep things to ourselves yeah even if it feels like a kind of informal chat 
it's still it could still be confidential. Yeah, because you know, quite often you're saying to somebody, you know, either off the cuff or whatever, and you know, oh yeah, we're, well, I'm working with so and so on this project at the moment, and you know, is that okay to say that? Mm. So you know, just anything, anything that we share uh, is 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 part of the is part of the NDA. You know, which basically means don't say anything about the work that we do together. Um, and I actually went on to say, you know, it might relate to a project. So, you know, if it's a client project, that's obviously important because there's more at stake than just, you know, our secrets. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a lot there um, that could get us into a lot of hot water. You know, if, if somebody divulged, you know, a piece of client privileged information, um, that could get us into a lot of hot water. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's kind of in our nature as well to share things, things like we used to open source software, we used to Twitter. And so it's really important to, to just kind of, to really think about that before you tweet, before you, you share any information that, that might be confidential, um, to just kind of check yourself and make sure that you're not saying anything that you shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I just say in this NDA, if we share it, it's covered. And, you know, that just covers, mm. it covers everything. Um, and then, you know, you've got to be, got to be sensible about it. Um, you know, so I say in the contract here, you know, we both keep shared information to ourselves. We won't use it for any kind of reason. We'll keep it confidential, you know, basically putting the responsibility on the other person to keep that stuff private. So, you know, don't put, don't put the work that we do in a public Dropbox folder, (laughs) you know, or accidentally commit it to GitHub. You know, if that happens, then it's, then it's your responsibility. Um, and then there's, there's always that bit in there. It's like, you know, when, when the agreement ends, you want the stuff back. And that's the, that's the most ridiculous thing that I've, I've read in a lot of NDAs. It's like, you know, you must delete anything afterwards. <laughs> it's like as if, you know, stray backups or whatever can't happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically anything that we share needs to be private, needs to be. And does that include your things as well? Cause it's kind of two ways. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it includes absolutely everything, I think. It includes uh, our relationship. It includes, you know, whether we pay on time or whether you do the work on time. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that tweets, oh, bloody contractors late again. Mm. You know, that's that's to do with our business. It's to do with what we do together, and that's not for public knowledge. You shouldn't be late, Andy. I'm never late. (laughs) So, you know, then I think it's important to talk about, you know, what can you say? Um, and this is where I think it's really important that you talk to the client and work out what's allowable and what isn't, you know, what can you tweet? What can you share? And, you know, have a really sensible discussion with the client about that or with the contractor about that, because actually, you know, I might want somebody to be, uh, writing a blog post about how they designed or developed the navigation for this project. It could do me a lot of good. It could do the yeah. client a lot of good. So it's important to know what you can say as as well as what you can't say. Um, and I think the other thing is, is that you need to be putting into that, you know, what the possible advantages are. You know, what what, what would be the reasons why you would want to talk about something? Yeah, so it's all very well to say, you know, yeah, it's okay. You can talk about that, but you know, in what situation, in what circumstances? 
And then the other thing is, this is where, I, with the contract killer that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, um, there's not been an awful lot of kind of need for any legal checking. Mm-hmm. But when when this went up on Docracy, I did actually get uh, some of the lawyers that, that work on that site. Uh, they came back to me with a couple of suggestions. Because the one thing about the, the contract killer is that it doesn't necessarily need to include a, a date, you know, like a start date or an end date. You know, the oh, contract's right. the contract. Um, or you mm-hmm. can put a start, a start and an end date, end date for a project, but the actual contract doesn't expire. Um, whereas yeah. with an NDA, you need to know how long it's going to last. You know, does it mean that I can never say oh, anything yeah. about anything forever? You know, can I never say that I worked with you? Can I never, you know, when, when the site goes live in six months time, can I not say that I worked on that? Um, so that's why it's important. I think on this one that we specify, you know, how long after yeah. you do something that you, that you're allowed to talk about it. So by default, it just says here that the agreement lasts for a year. Cause I think that's long enough. Yeah. You know, and what, you, you, you specify except for confidential information like passwords. Yeah. Basically anything, you know, like a password or FTP details or information about a project or the business or something like that. Um, those are the things that I don't think should ever expire. And it actually explicitly says that in the contract. Um, and that's it really. Yeah. I think, you know, that's really, really all you need to know. I mean, basically. Listen, you, sh- you shouldn't talk about what we do um, unless we specifically say that you can talk about certain aspects of it. And this agreement is going to last for a certain amount of time. I mean, yeah. that whole contract is like half a page of A4 as opposed to three pages. Yeah, and it actually um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and you can understand it, hopefully, um, even with the bad jokes. And I think that, you know, I, I don't actually think that I want to do a project without signing one of these with the client. Yeah. Uh, I certainly wouldn't. Because it is two ways. Yeah, no, it is. It is, you know, and, I, and th- there are processes that maybe we have internally. There are tools that maybe we expose the client to that um, we haven't blogged about that we want to keep secret. I mean, yeah, maybe let's use, let's take raw camera as an example. You know, I've put raw camera out open source and you know, anybody can use it, but mm. imagine that, um, that it wasn't something that I'd open sourced, but mm. it was a deliverable to a client. And then, you know, they sent it somewhere else, you know, or used it for something else uh, or published it on their own site. And that was kind of not part of our agreement. So it's really important. I don't think I'm going to sign I'm going to get one of these signed with every job now. Yeah. Do you ever get ones that say, um, I don't know if it's the NDA that says it's sort of just general contracts. Um, they say you can't work for this type of company, um, for say six months or 12 months after the project. Uh, I've not, well, that's a, that's a, a general contract right. point. Um, and I have seen those contracts, but I've never signed one. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to, digress a little bit but let's imagine that somebody comes along to you and says uh you know i want you to work on a on a project for you know for my shoe shop yeah Mm -hmm. and um you know here's the job and it's a decent job but you know you're not allowed to work for any other shoe industry related clients for as you say you know the next three to six months Something yeah. like that. Well, what happens when 
Jimmy Chu walks through the door and says, would you like to work on my half a million pound new e-commerce store? And you have to go, crap, I can't do that because <laughs> I'm working for, I'm working for that shoe shop in Basildon. You know, I don't think that it's ever, ever a good idea to sign an exclusivity contract. Yeah. Not ever. I can't I mean, think I guess... of a single reason unless it's, unless it's so worth your while and so much of a money earner that it doesn't matter who the hell walks through the door next. I guess for them, it is a kind of secrecy thing. Like they don't want you to use the ideas that you've, you've had there on someone else's site. But then that's professionalism, isn't it? You know, I would yeah. never take something from, well, oh, of course I would. I would take something from one project. If I've learned a lesson, I'm not going to make the same mistake for another client down the line. Yeah. But I'm not going to necessarily, you know, just lift one piece of work and put it onto somebody else. Mm. I don't think I would ever do that, you know, from a professional point of view. Speaking um, of which, someone asked um, how your uh, your design thief was going. Yeah, that's a difficult one, actually. Um, he's not responding. He's not responded to any of our legal overtures. Uh, Josh and I have both uh, have both sent. We've we've done it by the book. Yeah. Um, we've both sent legal stuff. So we have a, a decision to make, which is basically, is it worth taking it to the next stage? Uh, so to get Nick, our lawyer on the job would probably cost somewhere in the region about six or seven hundred pounds, um, mm. to generate the legal letters. Um, so, you know, is it actually worth doing that or, you know, for the reach that the guy has, for the, you know, for the exposure that the site has, is it actually worth doing? Yeah, in principle, I'd like to nail him to the wall. Um, but, you know, pragmatically, is it worth my time and energy and money to do that? Um, yeah. So it's a bit of a different one. I'm sort of sleeping on it a little bit. I have been for the last couple of weeks. But, you know, he's not responded to any of our overtures um and a few people have said to me oh well you know what i'd do i'd like you know out him on twitter um mm. but that would be the ultimate cowardice um you know outing people on twitter for whatever they've done wrong particularly in a professional contract context is 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 wrong and it's it's why i didn't like what jeremy keith did um with the with his thief a couple of weeks ago mm. and, and that recording it's like what are you going to do we really are digressing now, but you know, <laughs> what is it that's going to happen? You know, you're going to, you're going to moan on Twitter. You're going to say, you know, somebody did this to me. And what, what are you expecting to happen? Well, you know, generally speaking, what you want to happen is that you want your kind of band of followers to raise their pitchforks and kind of, you know, surround the guy with flaming torches. Well, that's not how I do business. I think that, you know, if you want somebody else to do your dirty work for you, then, you know, then just get out and do your dirty work. Um, and that's, and that's what I, why I don't like, um, talking about that kind of stuff and, you know, and naming names. And actually somebody did, to be honest, because this, the guy that's done, um, d d done the copying, um, has done the same thing to somebody else. Uh, and a few weeks ago, um, there was a discussion where somebody, um, actually named this guy on Twitter and I stamped on it mm. because, you know, I didn't want anything that was just, you know, casually mentioned um to you know affect anything that we may have legally going forward so yeah you know, well maybe if he's doing it to other people as well maybe you could 
get together and do some leadergirl action. That's that's probably going to be our next step, and, and 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 it's very very important to me that that whatever we do, we do it in a professional way. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's where we are. That's where we are. So I haven't decided to let it lie yet, um, and that would that would rankle me. Um, I would feel bad about letting it go, but mm. you know, at the end of the day, you've got to be pragmatic about it. Yeah. Anyway, back to contracts for a minute, because that was the topic. Um, <laughs> in the same way as thinking, well, you know, I don't want to, I want to do my business in a certain way. You know, I want to behave in a certain way, mm-hmm. um, and, and feel that I'm doing it properly. The same thing goes for contracts as well. And one of the things I've, I really love about, um, you know, having written that contract killer and having written this NDA is that people love to use it. They mm-hmm. seem to, and they send me nice messages. Um, and I hear lots of people, you know, on Twitter, whenever somebody says, Oh, I wonder if there's a contract out there. And lots and lots of people will copy me in and go, Oh, you should use the contract killer. Um, it's great that people do that. But what I'd really like is I'd really like people to take the spirit of these things and then to rewrite them in their own tone of voice. Yeah. So I'd rather that you had the Anna version of this NDA, um, rather than just use the Andy version. Yeah. And I did that with the, um, with your contract killer. I've got my own version of that. Um, I think Laura Cowbag has her own version of it as well. Um, and, um, we actually, we were both working on the same project and we gave our respective contracts to the client. And are you saying, wow, this is, this is really easy to read. This is great. I love it. Um, I always get nice feedback from clients about that contract just because it's not, it's not what they were expecting. They're expecting something really horrible and difficult to read. And, you know, they'll often make annotations and, um, I really encourage that. You know, I say, if you, if you're not happy about this clause, then please make a note and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, that, that we should save that for a contract. Yeah. Just episode. write things in your own tone of voice, you know, write things that, that are meaningful for your business rather than for mine. And make um, sure you understand it as well. Yeah. And, tailor it to each specific client as well it doesn't take very long you know it might be just 10 minutes that you need to spend just talking about specific things that you want to cover in the contract um i mean for for example for wipo it might be you know and i'm allowed to or how we're we're allowed to publish code samples on codepen or something like that um be specific about what you can and can't do and i think that'll pay a lot of dividends but yeah, there's no reason why you can't have even boring things like NDAs. It, it says a lot about how you do business. I really like what you just said about the contract. You know, there's the fact that people come back and say, Oh, that was nice. Yeah. You know, I love that. That makes me really, really happy that people like it. Cool. We should cool. button it up. Yeah. So you can email me at she has at unfinished.bz. And Andy, he's he has at unfinished.bz. Or you can email us both at they have at unfinished.bz. All the links that we mentioned in this episode are in our show notes and you can find them at unfinished.bz forward slash 20. And to ask us questions and suggest topics, message us on Twitter at unfinishedbz. And thanks again to our amazing sponsors, that's Perch and Sketch. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>